Hello and welcome to episode 120 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark and joining me on today's episode is an absolute legend within acting. This guy's been famous in the 80s, the 90s and he's still famous now bringing out more and more TV and films. I'm joined by the incredible Matthew Modine. For me to see him working with Kubrick in full metal jacket Probably my favourite war film out there. The likes of working with Christopher Nolan in The Dark Knight Rises. Classics like Birdie with Nicolas Cage. And so many more. And to most recently seeing him in the absolutely amazing Stranger Things. His CV just speaks and speaks for itself. And he's here today to talk about his brand new film Wrong Turn. Which is available now everywhere and streaming. And I love the original Wrong Turn films. They're one of those beer and pizza horror films that you just have to love for what they are. And I can't believe that he's joining me today on Mark and Me podcast. But in true typical Mark and Me fashion, you know the score by now. I do like to touch base and talk about the last episode. On episode 119, I was joined by the incredible Doctor Who himself, Sylvester McCoy. A great interview, full of life, full of energy... And the response again on social media was amazing. So many people loved his attitude, just how positive he was. And for me, it was a pleasure to have him come on the podcast. So thanks for every person that took the time to listen to that interview, share it on social media, and just let me know that they've been loving the work I've been putting out. But as I said, today I'm joined by an acting legend, Matthew Modine. So let's get straight to it. Here's me and Matthew talking all things film. Matthew, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you, Mark. What I wanted to do is take it right back to the beginning and find out at what age was it that you wanted to become an actor? Was there a film or an actor that you followed or something that you loved about film that made you want to go down that career path? Yeah, it was, uh, I, I saw a featurette, a documentary, short documentary about the making of Oliver. Oh, and no. and uh, you know, young Mark Lester, I kind of I felt like I identified with him because my father was a drive-in theater manager and we were always moving and and I was always a new student in school and and uh, just kind of discombobulated and lost and and uh, I I really related to 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 that young boy and and when I watched the film and I saw the kids because it was behind the scenes teaching them to sing the songs and and practice their lines and learn to do the dances i said oh well that that's what i'm supposed to be doing i want to do that so i started taking tap dancing lessons in provo utah and uh, joined the glee club and, and sang songs and then uh, you know some amateur theatrics and high school productions and then I believe you studied with Stella Adler um, at the Conservatory of Acting. Is that right? I did. She was amazing. You know, she was really, really great. And there was some, you know, uh, there, there was good with bad. And but I, 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 I focus on the the positive things that I took from that experience. You know, and she was, she was really wonderful. And I think one of the most important things that you that that I learned from her was that it's your responsibility to show up and be as prepared as possible and have have made uh, uh, choices uh, about the character and choices about the behavior in the scene, uh, the whole backstory of who your character is. And, and uh, so that when you show up, you're prepared to be as 
as as good as possible, but also because you know things so well that when you receive a little bit of direction, uh, uh, you know, uh, like a correction or uh, uh, like do it a little bit softer, do it a little bit louder, a little bit faster uh, from the director, that that you can be pliable and and uh, bend bend a little bit, uh, you know, within within the the realm of the character that you've created. That's incredible advice. And I think anyone that's listening who wants to become an actor, I think that's absolute gold already. Oh, thank you. Now, one of the best war films out there for me is Full Metal Jacket. And I will get a lot of listeners saying, make sure you talk about it. Make sure you talk about it. But, <laughs> but what was it like working with Stanley Kubrick, who for me is an absolute genius? So what was it? Can you remember the first time you met him or being on set? Yeah, it was amazing. There, for your readers that are really curious, if they have if they have access to an iPad, you can download for I think a a dollar ninety nine or I don't know pound yeah uh, the Full Metal Jacket Diary uh, on an iPad or you can get the audio book. Um, I did go to England and and brought uh, several dozen of the the metal covered books which have a serial number on them. It was a limited edition, only twenty thousand, um, and that that it's become quite a collector's item. The book, but it's a, it's a diary that I kept while I was making the film. Um, but as I say, you can get it as an audiobook, book, uh, C, uh, uh, CDs, or which I think is the best thing is the uh, iPad app. Yeah, uh, where it has all the photographs that I took behind the scenes and and the diary that I kept of, while I was working with Kubrick. But he, contrary to what a lot of people will uh, uh, believe is that he was the most collaborative filmmaker I think I ever worked with, you know, the most independent of independent filmmakers. Yeah. That he was, he was uh, just a great collaborator, super smart, super prepared. Um, and, you know, when we got to set, again, contrary to what a lot of people might believe, he didn't pre-vision the, I mean, of course he had a pre-vision of what he thought the scene was going to look like and how he was going to film it and how he had prepared to do something. But it wasn't until the actors were on set and, you know, he said, do it like you're going to do it because I don't know where to put the camera until I see what you're doing. And so it was, it was through the performances of the actors. And if something wasn't working, the altering of the scene, uh, changing of dialogue, you know, uh, until he found out where to put the camera, that the scene and the actors were the things that told him where to put the camera. You know, it was Jack Nicholson pounding against the, the refrigerator door in The Shining that gave the Stanley the idea to lie down on his back and, and film looking up at Jack pushing on the door. Yeah. You know, it was it was through his his performance that he found the best way to visually tell that story, you know. And being on set and at the time while it was being filmed, did you have any expectations or any kind of thoughts that it would ever become as big as it did? Because it is a cult classic and it's always in the top five films of all time and always the, one of the best war films that everyone always says is legacy. So being there at the time, did you have any idea that it would get to that sort of scope? No, you never know. You, no. you know, I didn't know when I when they invited me to come on to that season one of Stranger Things that that would be a global phenomenon. That it would be, you know, a show that would uh, 
be like a brush fire across the across the globe you know you just so the the lesson there for any actors that that may be listening um or or anybody that's in the industry but you don't even have to be in the industry if you're a writer if you're sitting down uh that what you have to do is show up show up and do the best you can when you're there and and that means being prepared you know doing your homework and having an understanding of who that character is and show up and do the best you can because uh you never know you never know when it's going to turn out great or you know I, as i say i've i've worked on like 100 movies and I, I i don't know why sometimes they're amazing and great and and three dimensional and other times they they don't work and they're flat and and one dimensional you know that it's uh, it's a it's it's a it's it's there's some some kind of magic in the profession of of this art form and you just mentioned then stranger things obviously one of the best tv series that netflix has given us and at the end of season 1 when you died i was completely in shock but for some reason whenever i see interviews with the duffer brothers they never talk about your death they always leave it like it's open that there could be that return do you love that fact that there's all the speculation online that you aren't actually dead and there might be that possibility you could always show up again i think the duffers are really upset that they that they had me go out that way at the end of season 1 and they're ashamed of themselves no i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> i i yeah i mean that there's it's 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 wonderful the possibility of of bringing dr brenner back that it's exciting and i mean they said it that if you don't see the body the guy's not dead but you know how he would come back how he would reemerge uh you know that's in the uh, mind and imagination of those two brothers um, and with the creators being so intelligent and so switched on they could always blow my mind so i'd never put it past them yeah, I, i me too i'm with you and my favorite filmmaker of the modern day is christopher nolan and to see you on the dark knight rises is incredible but again that must be amazing to work with someone who's now making for me the most mind-bending films that leave you thinking again and again and i think he's got like in 20 years time he'll still be producing the films that blow us away like inception and interstellar now yeah he's a clever he's a clever boy you know sometimes people say is he the new kubrick and i said i don't think i don't think christopher nolan is trying to be the the next kubrick i think christopher nolan's trying to be the next christopher nolan that that it would be as foolish as me saying like i want to be the next marlon brando yeah um you know marlon brando is marlon brando and it, there's nothing that i could do to 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 be marlon brando uh so what you have to do is be the best matthew modine that you can be and and you know try to find interest interesting projects and interesting characters and and uh, do interesting things with them um that's 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 what you got to do you got to do the best you can with what you got and and uh you know it's up to the audience to make those decisions about what they uh love and enjoy and find entertainment from i'm a big horror fan i'm always a bit dubious when i hear about basically a remake of a horror classic so stuff like evil dead but then when films like dawn the dead come out and they do it really well and it's reimagined and it works i'm thrilled now at the moment you're involved with wrong turn and i love that film you know it's a really good beer and pizza film and it's a lot of fun <laughs> beer and pizza i love it yeah it just works it's that friday night yeah. film you can throw on and enjoy and it's you know you can switch off and just take it for what it is and i love it and 
How did this come about that you got involved in this whole remake of this classic? Uh, well, they sent me the script and and I, I wasn't familiar with the franchise Wrong Turn, uh, but my son and daughter were, and they yeah. they loved the genre and they loved the franchise. And uh, so through their encouragement and excitement, uh, I said yes. And, and uh, you know, and then I did what I always do is, you know, learn my part and and uh it wasn't it wasn't a big stretch for me because as i say i've got a son and daughter and if something were to happen to them if, if they were to go missing uh you know i'd be like the character that i was playing doing everything i could to to find them and make sure that they're safe you know and get them home safely from from you know wherever, wherever it was that they were in trouble so uh you know the the Mike P Nelson, the director, and and Charlotte Vega, they were really the the two. I, I didn't have anything to do with the the other the other actors. Um, really, it was just Charlotte and I and uh, and and Mike. And so it was kind of like making a a, a very independent movie. It was a small smaller budget film, and there wasn't a lot of crew there. And you know we could just focus on telling that story. For me, gross anatomy, watching this, it was all about basically um, how life can be so fragile. Yeah, absolutely. Learning, learning to deal with life and death. Now, what was it like being involved in this? I love that. That 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 movie came out just... So I'd done a movie called In the Band Played On about the search and discovery of the AIDS virus. It yeah. was the first first film that HBO had, had uh, produced. And... Uh, what what happened in the in the aftermath of that was there was a whole kind of generation of people that didn't go to medical school because they were frightened of contracting HIV/AIDS. You know that they yeah. were they were frightened. So so kids that were graduating from high school that were interested in becoming doctors went like, no, I'm not doing that. I you know what if I'm in the room and the person has AIDS? I'm in, you know I'm going to get it and that's it was it was so there was you know the populations growing and there were less and less people going to medical school so I, this was an opportunity to tell a story about uh, a guy who wanted to be a doctor because he thought you know i'll, I'll be able to get things you know material yeah. things uh, a better car a better house more money and you you really don't want to go into the medical profession you don't want to have a doctor if that's what their ambition is, is materialistic things. You want to have a doctor that that uh, understands the Hippocratic Oath of doing no harm and having a bedside manner and being a good human being that understands the fragility of, of, of human life and the vulnerability that we're all susceptible to, you know, of illness and sickness and disease. And that's the doctor that you want that has compassion. And so that's very much what the story was about, was uh, that guy getting woke to uh, a, a more spiritual awakening, you know, of, of, under, of, of, of compassion. And one thing I always ask everyone, I've had actors on here like Anthony Hopkins, Mads Mikkelsen, directors, cinematographers, but I mean, you've given quite a lot throughout this episode, but what advice do you give to those people that are listening that want to become an actor like yourself in a business that at the moment that is so hard to get into? Well, I teach acting. You know, I, I, I think it's very important to share the experiences that I've, I've had with young actors and, 
to help them to, you know, sort of avoid potholes and, uh, you know, the obstacles that they're going to arise. So I can share the experiences and things that I've, I've done and had. And, uh, um, but when somebody says they want to be an actor, what does that mean? You know, that so many people think that you just show up and memorize your lines and, and, and then say them. Right. Yeah. But if you, if, if you said, I want to be in a band, you say, Oh, great. What music, what, what instrument do you play? You say, Oh, I don't, I don't play any. Oh, well, <laughs> how are you going to, how are you going to be in a band unless you know how to play the instrument? And it, it, the, the, there's a lot of people who think that being an actor is just memorizing lines and showing up and saying them. Yeah. And you got to be like, you have to take the approach that a musician would take of wanting to be in, in a band. That if, you, if you're going to play the guitar, you practice. You sit down and you learn your chords. You learn some songs. You, you try to find your own voice and play, play, play songs that are from your heart. And, and and you practice all the time that that you know the beatles were my favorite band and when you see you see them they're practicing all the time they're always you know searching for a different lick a different tune a different phrase uh you know and and but you know it didn't they weren't sitting around waiting for inspiration for their muse to come and and tell them uh, what song to write? They were living their lives and and sitting down and and, and trying to find the <laughs> trying to find the the tune. I'm sorry, the makeup artist just put a uh, the hair department just put a big wig on my head, and <laughs> I look I I look like I'm from uh, some I look like an aging rock star from you know. Uh, like ACDC. <laughs> Amazing. See, this is why we should. Have, this is why we should have the camera on when we're doing Zoom. Uh, yeah. You you really don't want to see me looking like I'm in ACDC. Like <laughs> um. Sorry. Yeah. So you got to you got to take the musician's approach. That yeah. that you know you don't become Stephen Hawking just because you're a genius. You know you Stephen Hawking did a lot of you know math before he came up with his theory of 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 this you know the universe you know and what's the future looking like obviously at the moment we've talked about remakes of horrors and other projects i've seen on your imdb page but with the pandemic and people in lockdown obviously you're sitting right now in makeup so the world is still happening within the film industry but have you got anything else you can talk about or tease us and let us know you're going to be involved with <clears throat> There's a couple of films that I'm going to direct. One's called The Rocking Horseman and about five kids who make a rock and roll band in 1962. And the other one's called 33 Cecils, uh, which is, uh, uh, I don't know what to say. It's a magical movie about uh, random acts of kindness, about random acts of kindness. That's what it's about. Sounds great. And yeah. the last question, which is not easy, and I always put you on the spot, but um, what I do to, on this podcast to make it original and a bit different is the outro music for every interview I do is chosen by the person I'm talking to. Now, if I gave you too long to think about it, you'd be thinking about it for ages and you try and whittle it down from a list of 50 songs. But I'm asking you on the spot, what song would you like to be the closing song for your episode? Now, it can be a piece of music, a piece from a film score, it could be a song from a band that you love and adore or just something that means a lot to you. But what's the one that comes to your mind? And well, the first one that popped into my head was All You Need Is Love. 
the Beatles. Amazing. Yeah, perfect. And as yeah. we've talked about the Beatles today, it goes very nicely. Yeah, good. Thank you for the interview. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. So there it is. Me and Matthew Modine. What an amazing guy. You could tell that he's on set at the time having his makeup done. He's full of banter. He's so fun. He's so energetic. And honestly, I'm so glad that I can say that now he's part of the Mark and Me family. To sit down and get to talk to such a legend that's been in so many amazing films is a dream come true. And another reason why I love doing this podcast so, so much. As I said at the start of today's episode, he's promoting the new reimagined retake or whatever you want to say brand new film wrong turn honestly it's a great film i've been able to check it out recently and it's available now on all those streaming services and in a few months time you can buy it on dvd a massive thank you to matthew for coming on the podcast and sharing all those stories talking to me all about behind the scenes of full metal jacket what it's like to work with stanley kubrick and christopher nolan for me easily two of the best filmmakers out there He's also got to work with Oliver Stone. He's got to work with everyone. He's an absolute legend. Right then, everyone, you're listening to this podcast right now and you can do your little bit to support it. You can jump onto markandme.com. It costs nothing. You can go on my Twitter page, my Facebook and my Instagram and you can share this episode. Tell your friends and family about it. Get everyone you know to listen to this episode. It makes a massive difference. It gets a huge response and maybe it'll introduce someone that you didn't think would know about this podcast to Mark and me. And that's the best compliment and that's the best thing that I can ask for. If you really love the podcast and you want to make a difference, I do have a Patreon page. On there you can sign up for as little as a pound a month. And I can say that safely this month you're going to be getting about eight episodes, at least two a week, literally for one pound a month. It's insane. And for that as well, there's an opportunity to win some incredible prizes. The guys over at Vice Press have been so generous. They've given me some incredible posters and prints over the last few weeks. And it's not stopping anytime soon. Honestly, stay tuned on my social media channels for some of these prizes that I'll be listing over the next few days. It's insane. And in the meantime, go and check out Vice Press. Treat yourself, get some amazing posters, get those walls in your house looking incredible with some amazing movie posters because they are the best in the game and I really appreciate the support they give to this podcast. I'll be back in only a few days' time. It's never been busier and I really do mean that. I've got so much to offer and such a range of guests coming up over the next few months. I can't wait. I'm sitting literally on them waiting to release them. It's that exciting. The anticipation's there and I know you're all going to love them. Until then, thank you again for listening. Thank you for supporting Mark and me and I'll be back in only a few days' time with a brand new episode. So until then... Take care, look after yourself, and I'll speak to you all soon.
Love is all you need. Love is all you need. Love is all you need. 